Welcome to ShoeCast, Shoe's very own podcast. This series of ShoeCast will explore everything from trends in the digital world to advise on how we can play to your strengths and overcome personal and work challenges. We're featuring some amazing industry guests who will also be sharing their experiences within their field. Alongside me, I'm Rachel, the Chief Operations Officer at Shoe, and there will be Chris, our Chief Vision Officer. So welcome to 2022's um, ShoeCast. Um, today we have Sally from Limelight HR, who is the founder, um, has an extensive uh, career in HR. So I'm sure we'll, um, I'll let her talk about her career. Um, we're going to sort of have a few discussions about um, sort of employee brand, what's going on out there in terms of recruitment, um, and obviously keeping the talents all well and good um, sort of doing all the recruitment campaigns but actually you need to be able to hang on to that talent as well and there's lots of changes over the last two years because of covid um so we'll just have a bit of a a discussion about that so sally tell us all about you and kind of how you came about sort of founding your business please ah okay um hi um so yeah i set up the business about five years ago um really to help out small businesses I have worked for a lot of big brands over my HR career was lucky enough to work for companies like BBC Nickelodeon Guardian places like that Um, and a real range of um, people that were supporting different types of departments different industries Um, and it was a really fun time Um, but I suppose after a while I became a little bit disillusioned with big business and the maybe the lack of integrity in some areas um, the fact that I was a very values driven person and I didn't even didn't often feel that that was reflected in some of the companies that I worked for and so when I moved back from London to Harrogate and I was looking at the roles up here and nothing really excited me and I wanted to be excited about what I did going into work every day because shouldn't everybody enjoy it? Shouldn't everybody Absolutely. feel like that when they get up? <laughs> um, exactly. So I thought, well, why don't I set up my own business providing the kind of HR support that I think is really valuable and really useful and really practical Um, but do it for small businesses that don't have their own HR team and they're not really of a size that warrants having their own HR team. But why shouldn't they still have that expertise to draw on? Why shouldn't they still be able to do everything that's possible to do for their people? Um, So I thought, right, I'll set it up and I'll do it the way that I want to do it. And I'll work with people that I feel more aligned with from a values point of view. So now I have the opportunity to just work with companies that really do put their people first and they want to make things really good. And they're just saying, we need your, we need your help doing that. Yeah. And how do you feel um, COVID's changed a lot of, um, sort of, I suppose, any of your clients or just companies in general, their approach to HR? Because obviously it's been very complex. Um, I know a lot of H, um, your business has grown a lot over the last few years since I um, since I probably first met you at one of the networking events in Harrogate. Um, and it's been, I think everyone's had an interesting sort of two years. A lot of industries are in high growth at the moment because companies, the law's changing, COVID's changed so much stuff. And also um, Brexit's probably moved things around a little bit in the shift in terms of what we've, talent pool we've got available out there as well. Um, so just floor to you and tell, tell us kind of what you're sort of, what you're seeing out there at the moment. Yeah, so I found it really interesting, actually, and, and I don't think anything has gone the way I imagined it would. Um, I think there was obviously the initial initial difficult period where companies suddenly had to go from working from home 
um, and how they managed that with their employees and how they stayed in touch with everybody. And that was a huge challenge, especially the ones that didn't have the IT and infrastructure set up to do that. So there was a huge learning curve for them. There was also the companies that um, obviously struggled because of the situation and, and sadly had to furlough staff or make them redundant and cut down. So there was a, a good few months of having to deal with those kind of cases which is obviously really sad and it, and it's sad to see it happen. But I was really lucky to actually be involved with a lot of companies that once they got through that period, they found new ways of doing things and they found they um, put in really great ways of staying in touch with their teams and actually achieving things that they hadn't thought they could do in a completely different way to how they'd imagined. And actually it's stayed with the business in terms of they now have a new approach to maybe how they deal with customers or what kind of services they offer. So it was really good seeing how businesses could transition through that and find new ways of working. I think the other thing is I got a lot of people getting in touch because they had set up businesses on the basis of the world had changed and suddenly people needed different things. So they were setting up businesses that were growing hugely despite what was going on and they were suddenly taking on staff and going we need contracts we need handbooks we need to know how to deal with them and what to do and we need your support um so that was fantastic and then you have the period where you think gosh when when it comes to recruitment and staff there's going to be so many people unemployed um and then more and more I was hearing from people saying I'm trying to recruit and I can't find anybody and that just that message kept coming through louder and louder all the recruitment consultants that I spoke to said that you know they'd got so many roles on which you thought that's amazing because who knew that so many people would be recruiting um but they were just really struggling to find the people to fill it and the the whole world the what people want from their jobs and from their lives, I think has been changed for good. It's not a temporary change. It has changed everybody's approach to the way they work and what they want from their job. And therefore it's had a huge impact on now as a business, how do you recruit and who do you recruit? Uh, and, and it's the businesses that learn to change and adapt with that, which will really um, do well going forwards, I think. So what do you think um, staff are now looking for within the business? I suppose it's we're talking about that sort of company culture, aren't we, really? Yeah, I think um, this whole hybrid working approach has been spoken about a lot. And a lot of companies have, especially with the rules keep changing, get everybody back to work. No, have everybody at home. No, have them back to work. <laughs> I mean, it's just a minefield. You're putting out emails to everybody saying, right, we'll have you back next week. No, 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 hold off, stay home. <laughs> Um, so that, that's been challenging in itself. But I think just for companies to work out, what does that actually mean long term? Because it's one thing having something in place for COVID where you say, right, you can part work from home, part from the office or work from home the whole time. But what does that actually look like going forward? Some companies have really adapted and gone, you know, we've got rid of our offices and we're happy just for everybody to work from home. But they've got to bear in mind, they might have some people who feel very alone working from home, who are missing out on the social interaction and the social connection. And we're actually looking forward to getting back to a workplace. Then you've got other companies who are kind of going, yes, I know it worked, 
when we worked from home, but we still want you all back in the office full time anyway. So <laughs> then, then you've got the other side of it where some people are going, hang on, I liked that I was able to go for a walk and have my morning coffee. And, you know, I've got a dog now. I mean, the whole world has got a dog now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, how does that work when, you know, there's, yeah. there's places coming up with dog friendly policies now, but if everybody's got a dog, how many dogs do you have at work? Um, so I, I think, Companies need to work out what their approach to hybrid working is, because from what I've seen in all roles that are being recruited, yes, some do need to be from the office full time because of the nature of the role. But most candidates, when they're looking for jobs now, their first question is, what is the flexibility? Can I work from home? And they don't necessarily mean full time, but they want to know that they've got that option. So um, that's definitely a massive change and something that companies who are recruiting need to think about what what can they actually make work and what are they going to offer those people? Yeah, no, definitely. Have you found that companies are starting to look at their team's mental health a lot more or as um, because obviously you've I mean, heard you mention the loneliness there. And yeah, I think um, the hybrid working does work quite well. A lot of our team wanted to come back in because this, um, they're quite have a very young team here at SHU and uh, yeah. some of them are either in um, sort of shared housing. So they've only got a bedroom to work in um, or they're living with their parents still and, and they've just stuck, stuck in the bedroom. So they're rolling out of bed to a desk um, and you could see them halfway through like the lot downs that they suddenly stopped brushing their hair and putting makeup on and getting <laughs> dressed and they were sat in their pajamas on zoom calls and I was like guys you really need to kind of like just get up brush your teeth um just all those little things that kind of disappear because you're on zoom and no one can see you so you're thinking hang on a minute brush your yeah. teeth I mean, I always, I mean, I've, we've always worked um, from home um, when we founded the business um, and I've mm. always got up and I put my makeup on, brush my hair as I'm going to a office um, because I just think it's really important to kind of feel like you're going to work. Um, I don't yeah. know what companies have, if they've noticed that on a bigger scale and we're obviously a very small company as well, like just like you, but um, I know some of your clients will be a lot bigger um, in terms of their teams and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I know with my own team, um, because I've kept saying to them, how do you feel when the things change? Do you want to be in the office or do you want to be from home? And and they're all kind of enjoying the mix of being yeah. able to do to do both. But on the well-being point, I think that's a really good point. And it's another thing that I really it's wrong to say I liked about COVID. <laughs> I feel like it's somehow wrong to say anything positive about covid but if you can i think out of any experiences in life you've got to take some positives and i'd say the two things are around the flexibility the hybrid working that i spoke about because people wanted that and i think that was decades away from happening yeah. decades and that's been sped up exponentially the other point is the well-being point which you've mentioned that um companies had started to get a, a sense of it and you know the really great companies were putting things in place um but they didn't really, hadn't really taken hold. And it wasn't across the country, across industry. It was just pockets of companies that thought yeah. about well-being and, and employee health. And I don't think anybody could say they haven't been touched mentally in yeah. some way through this period of time. And I think quite often people can't appreciate other people's experiences unless they've had something similar themselves. And sadly, by having gone through that, a lot of business owners or companies are then realizing, actually, if this is how I feel, other people have felt like that. And I need to make sure I do something to help them. And I think um, the other sad thing is that 
people, because things got so bad, were more open with their managers, with business owners about how they were feeling and that they were struggling. And so businesses have said, you know what, we actually, we need to step in and do something and we need to support the managers that are supporting those people because the, the managers haven't got any training. You know, it's, it's a lot to take on as a manager, just generally yes. supporting your people and being a good manager isn't something that you, you, you know, just comes overnight and it's, it's an easy thing. It's something you need to work on, but actually being able to look after somebody's mental health and well-being is a huge thing in itself. Um, and not easy to do. So companies need to support their managers to do that. But but the plus side is that so many companies now are on board with it. I have so many conversations now about what can we do to look after them? What can we do about well-being? What can we do about mental health first aid? Um, how can we train the managers to look after their staff? What do we need to look out for? Um, what EAP schemes have we got in? How can we give them access to some kind of counselling support? Um, but then just looking at the wider piece as well, it's not just about mental health. It's how do we help people with their finances? How many people stress about their money, yeah. particularly having gone through COVID and people maybe being furloughed? You've got gas prices going up. You've got petrol going up. You know, there's, there's all these things and financial stress is a huge burden on people. How can you expect them to come into work? and focus and, and operate well if they're sat there with their stomach churning because they're worried about money yeah. so it's you know it's looking after that it's looking after their physical health how do you make sure they're getting out of the house if they're based at home how do you make sure that within the office that they're taking proper breaks that they're eating well that they're sleeping well and, and now as an employer I think more people realize your person is going to be the best person they can be and do the best job they can do for you if you help them look after all, all those different elements. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with you on that. I think if if there's some list, I mean, I remember going into the office, God, this was years ago now, but working in, in, in and going in at half seven in the morning and leaving at half seven at night, and that's just not okay. You've got no like break and you're tired you're exhausted and now and I went moved to Australia for a couple of years worked in Sydney and they're very much about outdoorsy oh, life wow yeah so I, was, so I was very much like they used to throw us out of the office or we had P team PT sessions at five o'clock when the office shut and we'd go out on the beach and stuff I mean obviously it's a little bit different in the UK the, the weather helps I think doesn't it? <laughs> but I'm like literally guys like finish at five if if for some reason you have to stay beyond that set time period then either you've got too much work and we need to look at resource and recruit in or and there's something not quite happening with your time management and then it's like you're looking at areas where you can coach them to help them manage that time a lot better um and that's and that's we don't like sit there with time clocks on them but we just want to know how they're spending their time so we can help them manage that time a lot better because it is hard um sort of being a self-starter sometimes and, have, and you, especially if you're working from home you've got to be able to sort of manage that time because people were and probably still are doing longer hours because they're yeah. not doing that day commute anymore so they don't have that break um but I remember sitting on a train when I lived in Windsor and was working in London again there's got to be better ways of working yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like why do you have to why do I have to travel into London when my job's like not really operations based I was in a hotel I worked in like business development and for events and I wasn't really I didn't need to be in an office I could have worked from home but I didn't have yeah. that flexibility yeah. so I used to sit there on the train going in this day and age and that was in 2012. I was thinking, we've got to be able to like work from home. But obviously I knew it would be years away. I didn't know how quickly it would be. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's definitely changed. 
Mm. And I think companies now do have to um, sharpen their acts. We've been working on a lot of campaigns to recruit people into the business, but I think it's about company culture. And I think marketing teams probably do need to get involved a little bit more into that sort of, um, sort of, I suppose, marketing that company culture internally and externally. I don't know what your thoughts are and yeah. um, why you think they should do it really. Yeah, I, th- I think it's really important because um, everybody, whether you're a consumer or an employee, you want to know that you're spending your money or your time with businesses that care. Um, that's important to people now and how you treat your staff isn't just about an internal thing anymore. It's it's partly, like you say, the recruitment point of view. How are you going to recruit the best people if you haven't got a good reputation for looking after your people? If you can't sing about all the things that you do for your staff, then if somebody's got a pick of loads of jobs, why are they going to join your company? But secondly, if you're a consumer, how many stories do we see in the press now? I mean, Brewdog. Hello. <laughs> yeah, we are. Loads of what's on this? Uh, Weatherspoons. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and as consumers, especially if we've got money pressures, we want to know that our money goes to the right places. We want to know that it goes to a company that's got a great reputation, that does good things for its people and its community. So it's not about doing these things because you just think it's a nice thing to do or you want to tick a box. It's doing because it will literally affect your bottom line. It is underlying everything. And so for me, the marketing element is how you tell that story, how you're clear about why you do what you do and what is meaningful about you and your business and how you look after your people. And then it's telling that story to the wider world so that your consumers can can get on board with that and feel like that's a company I want to spend money with, but also so that people see your brand and hear about what you do and think that is a company that I want to work for, that I want to grow my career with. Um, so I think the marketing element is is huge. It's it's selling your story. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. It's definitely getting your why and your purpose and your, your mm. vision. Whether you're a business owner or a big corporate, you need that clearer vision. Obviously, as a smaller business, it's easier to kind of create that vision because you are still involved in the business. Um, yeah. But once that once you step out or the company starts to grow, that vision sometimes can get a little bit lost. I very feel like I'm talking like Simon Sinek here, but I did do a lot of like <laughs> reading his books over the lockdown. After, and I really believe like in, if you've got that why and that purpose, people yeah it's all about building your team and then the the business the business will grow exactly Um, and and it's definitely about that because I'm hearing more and more people talking about this recruitment crisis that we're in um and they're struggling to recruit and I see here like jobs everywhere and you know I just sometimes I just I look at my personal email account which is still signed up to like loads of job boards and stuff and I keep like seeing stuff dropping in and I'm like wow there's so much work going on out there why aren't they filling these roles Mm. I mean what are your thoughts what why, why do you think this is happening Um, I mean, some of it is a complete unknown because, like I said, I did not expect it to be this way around and I don't think anybody did. Mm. I think um, people have had some time out to think about what they really want from life and they're maybe not jumping into jobs uh, unless they're really sure. I think some people are still taking a bit of time out. Um, I think employment has started going up recently but I think it's maybe been more so in part-time roles so people still aren't working the hours that they used to overall Uh, people are looking for more of a work-life balance and I think the companies maybe haven't yet put in 
that structure and that thought and that process to, as to how do they recruit the best people they've kind of slipped back to what we'll be doing before mm-hmm. and we'll just keep doing that and it's just not going to work because things have changed um I think there used to be a bit of a an old-fashioned approach to this is a great company people should be glad to work here they should feel lucky to work here and we know we're really good and uh, and just expecting then people to come on board and, and interviewing them on the basis of, well, I'm seeing if if you're good enough to join our company. But what they don't realize is it's working the other way. And the yeah. candidates are interviewing you to see whether they want to spend their time with you. Um, it's it's an absolute minefield at the moment because there's people not turning up for job interviews that they've booked in. So there's managers having time wasted there. There's people going for job interviews, saying that they want the job, getting offered, turning it down, or they're taking the job. And then a week later, they're saying, actually, no, I'm not taking it. I've got offered something else. Or my um, current company has upped my salary so that I stay. It is an absolute minefield. And I think that's where you've got to be really clear on if you want the best people, what are you going to put in place to get them so you need to be looking at your salaries um I mean they've been hugely inflated I I do feel sorry for small businesses if they're you know limited from that point of view if huge companies are over inflating salaries so people are getting paid way above what they would the market rate for what they would normally get and it's difficult for small businesses to compete but then you can compete in other ways you know, you can do more around the flexibility. You can see people as individuals as opposed to a workforce. And you can look at what do we do to make them feel that this is the right home for them because they want something more than the pay. The pay is important, but people want something more than that. They want to feel bought into something. They want to feel that it speaks to their values and that they can feel proud of where they work and that they're treated as an individual and that when they have issues or concerns that those things are treated fairly, um, that they're respected, that they're given the time and the flexibility that they need around their personal lives um, and that they've got that balance. So as a business, you need to decide if, if that's what you want, if you want the best people, then you've got to set out your store. What are you going to do in order to make sure you get those best people? What are you going to do from a health and well-being perspective? Do your holidays need to be increased? You know, are you offering a a competitive amount of annual leave days? Um, Do you need things like duvet days? Uh, What kind of benefits have you got in place? Um, What kind of flexible working have you got? Um, We've talked about like the finance side of things, all of the the health and wellbeing points of views. What are you doing around diversity and inclusion? Are you making sure that you're opening it up to as many people as possible? Or are you just recruiting a lot of the same type of people? And when people come on board, what do you do to make them think, yes, I've taken the right job? Because at the moment, if you don't do that, when they join you in the first three months, if you don't fully embed them in the business and make them feel at home, they will leave because there are too many other opportunities out there. And the amount of time and effort and the cost of you going through the recruitment process to then lose somebody is a travesty. It's it's an expense you cannot cope with. And if that's happening, you need to look at what you're doing because it's not enough to don't do all the great marketing up front and sell the dream and then get them in and go, yeah, but anyway, can you just get on with your job? <laughs> we're, you know, it's that whole, sorry, we're really busy. So can you just get on with your job and can you just work that out yourself? And oh, sorry, is your phone not working? And is your computer not working? Or just go and speak to somebody there. And it's, it's not enough. 
like yeah. put in that time we're all really busy but put in the time to say yeah. right what what do I need to do so that everything works properly and so that they feel valued and so that they're not sat at a desk in silence thinking what have I done coming here yeah I think I've done been there and got the t-shirt yeah, I think we've all been there <laughs> you kind of get a bit of seasoned and further into your career you suddenly just go what am I doing sat here yeah like when I was sat on the train going to London why am I spending half of my life just sitting on trains going in and out of London when yeah. there's probably a different way of working and, and, I, and, and I've joked with so many people over the years in companies that I've worked it's been a running joke that when you join you haven't got a clue and nobody looks after you and none of your systems yeah. work for the first week and you sat twiddling your thumbs and it, and it becomes literally a joke you're all laughing about it and you think about it it's not funny at all yeah, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not it's not okay but we've we I think as a nation so many things just became the norm that we all joke about it it's like working the long hours yeah. you almost get in a competition where you're like I've worked longer hours and <laughs> I've worked through my lunch break and yeah. as if we're in some kind of competition that's it's we've got to change the way we think about yeah. things and it's it's not funny anymore it's it's actually something that needs to change yeah definitely I agree with that and I think as a certain generation they're all um as we're getting older, I suppose, as business owners becoming the, the, the next business leaders, the mm. people that are sat on boards of directors are starting to retire, they're starting to exit businesses, that way of working will suddenly change. And obviously our way of thinking in terms of our, our generation, our culture, of what we've just talked about, then we've all been through and we all laugh going, mm. yeah, this is not okay. And like working from half seven till half seven at night, again is not okay because like how are you productive because you're exhausted I just remember yeah, saying, yeah. I mean, being exhausted and, yeah. and actually that's not okay and, and actually you need that whether whatever hobbies you've got walking the dog going to the gym like riding your horse for me um it's yeah. just all of those things you just got to think well actually that there is more to life than just kind of on on the rat race and some people might want to still work like that I get that that's fine but there are definitely um people out there that are looking for that change um, yeah where, where uh, as a smaller business it's easy for us to kind of instill change we took them all away on holiday um oh. <laughs> and we went to a barn what well, obviously because of COVID we didn't go very far but we took them to a barn and had a bit of a, a sort of a, a half working week only just to check emails but most of the time we were doing like sort of team activities and um cooking and, and just basic little things like that that's amazing so we just that's took so them, good yeah we just hired, hired a cottage it, it didn't cost a lot of money um and it was you know we, everyone had fun because they all had a day of like well they've got to do the housekeeping today you know it's like cook the dinner you know wash up load the dishwasher just little family things like that yeah I think, I think also gives them like a bit of value as well doesn't it because they're not just again not just a number um yeah and it's just and then they could go for day like we knew the clocks had gone back so we were like right okay well we'll have a break at three go out get the last of the daylight and come back and just do another hour and just make sure everything's okay like yeah stuff like that so I love that so it was and we definitely want to do it again this year I think and obviously as the team gets bigger it might be a bit of a challenge but maybe it's different team um you kind of split the groups up and 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 still go away or you just get somewhere bigger or (laughs) and you all go away but yeah it was definitely definitely good fun and I think I think the way people are recruiting um, the marketing side of things are going to have to amalgamate. We've done a lot of campaigns over the last sort of 12 months trying to support kind of recruitment and HR teams recruit people mm. into the business because they're not just on job boards anymore. They want to see no. what's going on. They want to have a good nose. It's social media. Like you said, they want to see that company culture that they're going to walk into. They want yeah. to know what you're doing, who they're going to be working with. And, and rightly so, because you need to know that team's going to be there to support 
support you um and and we're and you're going to work together because I always remember starting one job and I had one horrible girl in my first first few weeks and she told me she didn't want me <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah so you kind of like as a graduate when you're coming out and the girl's just that like she she thinks she's she's just you're going to steal a job or something I'm not interested wow. in your job you're completely different role and it's just it's crazy how you know we've been through a lot and I'm sure other people have been through something similar where they think you're going to pinch the job and no actually I'm not and they get you into trouble and, and it's just all those types of things and, and yeah. that way of that culture is starting to disappear now because I think people are valuing what teamwork's all about. Um, it's going to be an interesting sort of few. Maybe we should pick up in another two years and see what exactly has changed. I know. Uh, it's <laughs> exciting actually to think, like I said, I think the changes that have happened in the last two years are things that wouldn't have happened for decades. So it's yeah. really exciting to see how that might pan out, like you said, over the next year or two. Yeah, and I think people were probably scared to take the leap um in terms of oh well what what will they think of us they won't think we're professional because we're working from home and now no one cares because they've had the baby walk across, you know or the child yeah it's screaming in the background or wanting to talk to all your work colleagues on the phone or the dog that starts barking because the delivery guy is there from amazon uh, and i mean all... there's always a delivery when yeah. you're on a call isn't there there is always a delivery <laughs> i'm surprised there's not been one yet here but he, yeah. he did come in when we had a meeting this month but i think it's definitely changed kind of all our human behavior over the last sort of two years and obviously I think it's six months to change a habit and we've had 24 mm. months of mm. a different way of working and and we're gonna have to think a bit more creatively and I think businesses are going to have to change and step outside the box yeah um, and I get it it's easier for an SME to change because we're smaller we've got less sort of structural um and cultures easier to change in a smaller business but the corporates can sort of jump on that bandwagon as well having worked yeah. in both having had stepped and worked in both uh, sectors SMEs and corporates it's, it's going to be a challenge so I suppose it's watch this space isn't it really to yeah. see, see what's going to change it's quite exciting times I think because um I think you know the stuff that kind of I've been sort of practicing and preaching about and, and the same for you probably because you've worked in London as well you know what it's like down there mm. I think people are going to have a different perception of what companies should look like in the future and what working life should be yeah right absolutely well, sally thank you very much for coming on to shoecast today um if anyone wants to get in touch with sally i will um i will share details um sort of on the social post you can get in touch if we've got any hr queries or concerns or they want to look at the recruitment um or anything like that um we do support kind of social recruitment in that in that aspect so we do work together and, and help that side of things so thank you very much for coming to shoecast and um we'll see you soon thank you thanks rachel